0: I want to take you all back to April 25th, 2022. It's my very first time on Off the beaten Clef for the What We've Been Into Lately podcast. After introducing my third song, Lookout, by Peach Pit, Kevin said, and if I didn't know you personally, Mason, I think you were a walking marijuana cigarette based on these pics. <laughs> he might not remember that, but it has stuck with me. And I think about it every single time I listen to any of my indie rock or surf rock. Uh, music and because of that I am dying to talk to you all about You and Your Friends by Peach Pit so thank you Kevin thank you Dylan for having me on let's get to it fuck
1: yeah dude yes.
0: let's get into it
2: All right. Yep, we're here. We're back. We're back from vacation. How's everybody feel,
1: Kevin? Uh, I'm still technically on vacation for another three days, baby. Hell yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm feeling good. Um, I was telling Mason uh, before the the show, I was fairly productive for the first couple of days, and then realized I don't want to do that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so I've been doing. I've been waking up, doing nothing, going to sleep for the last four or five days, and it's been pretty amazing. Just kind of disconnecting and, uh, you know, doing what I need to do. Got a brand new bed. So I'm trying to enjoy that as much as possible. Love it.
2: Mason, thank you for coming back, my friend. How are you?
0: Yeah, thank you guys. I'm good. I'm on the back end of a cold. So I might be a little bit congested, a little bit measly, but, uh, but I'm still riding that high from getting to see you for the first time. So
2: hell yeah. That was so much fun.
0: I had a great time.
2: Yeah. If you're new to the show, if, if you're just tuning in because you like Peach Pit, uh, I got to go on vacation. We went. I went down to Tampa to see uh, Newfound Glory, The Starting Line, and All American Rejects. And I got to meet Mason. Mason was so kind. Picked us up from the airport. Gave us like a, a goodie bag, and like it was just so so very cool of him. And uh, we got to go out to dinner a couple times, and went out to the casino. And it was just an all around great trip. I got a tattoo. You know, normal trip stuff. So it was a really great time, and I'm so glad we finally got to meet.
0: I got you, man. It was
2: a great time. So, today, we're going to talk about You and Your Friends by Peach Pit. But we have some things we have to discuss before. Because um, I took some things to Instagram from our last episode from Yellow Card. Um, first things first, got to get it out of the way. We've got to clear the air. Um, some albums that changed their life. Ben says, Discovery by Daft Punk. Uh, Jeremy from yep. the Vinyl Countdown uh, podcast uh, says... War All the Time by Thursday, which if you know Jeremy, you listen to his podcast, you know he loves Thursday. And Louie Curran also commented and said Mason Jennings, the self-title from Mason Jennings, which I, I don't even know who that is. Me neither. But it was really cool to hear some of those uh, responses, and I thought it was uh, uh, fun and worth mentioning that uh, we had some responses on that. Um, <clears throat> we'll... We'll briefly brush over the the paper plate uh, debate because that was taken to a vote on Instagram. Um, 22% of the people that voted said that me and Kevin need to seek therapy. Um, I would agree. Any thoughts, yeah. Kevin? No. Nope. Got none, um, dude. And, you know, the rest of the votes doesn't really matter. But tw- <laughs> 22% of the people voted said that we need to seek therapy, so... I think that is our, our key takeaway, and I can tell Kevin's boiling with rage just thinking about the the debate again. No, just
1: don't care about it anymore. <laughs> yeah,
2: that's that's the closest <laughs> I'm going to get to having a, a victory against you. I think
1: that's fine. Take it take it where you will, bud. Thank you.
2: Okay, so Peach Pit. Um, I've got some background info. Do you guys want to go over that first, or you want to talk about how you first heard of Peach Pit? Where you want to start, Mason?
0: Uh, no, let's hear the let the facts and, and all that, that we can kind of get into our own personal thoughts. Right. Okay.
2: Sounds great. Um, the group was formed uh, when high school friends, Neil Smith and Chris Vanderkoy uh, decided to collaborate on a musical project in 2014. Um, in 2016, the band released its debut EP Sweet FA, which was produced and recorded by Smith's former roommate, Harley small at the space studios in Vancouver, which is where they're from. Um, they quickly began uh work on their follow-up release and their debut LP being so normal uh which i think was 2018 uh the album was again produced by Harley Small and was re- oh okay it was released on September 2017 uh by Kingfisher Blues which is a very small uh indie label um let's see Following the success of their debut album, the band quit their jobs to go on their first uh, tour of North America, Europe, and Asia from 2017 to 2018. Can you imagine your debut LP getting you to tour Europe, America, and Asia and getting to quit your job? Like, that is so crazy to me. It's
1: almost like there's there's not enough content on an LP to tour that, that broadly, I would
2: think. <laughs> I think I saw where they had... They went viral in like a random country in Asia and they kind of exploded from that. And so it kind of bled over into the US. And that's how that's why they went to Asia for their first like huge US and worldwide tour. Uh, They embarked on several tours of both nationally and internationally to promote their music and connect with fans. They performed at renowned festivals such as South by Southwest and Oceaga which I'm not familiar with, and have uh, shared the stage with notable acts like Mark DeMarco and Dayglo. Um They performed at Bonnaroo Shaky Knees Music Festival um, and opened for a two-door cinema club in 2019. Uh, in April of 2020, the band released their highly anticipated sophomore album, which we're discussing today, uh, You and Your Friends. This album showcased a more mature sound while retaining their trademark laid-back charm. Tracks like Feelin' Low, Prince Sees, The Fuckboy Blues, and Shampoo Bottles received significant radio airplay and gained popularity on streaming platforms. Um, They hunkered down and recorded uh, with Grammy award-winning producer John Congleton, who has done St. Vincent and Best Coast. And uh, the first single, Feelin' Low, illuminates a shift in their sound, like I mentioned. And it ends on a twist, which... uh, I can't wait to hear Mason tell us a little bit more because some of these lyrics are very, um, I don't know, like almost like poetry where you have to read it a couple times to really understand what's going on, which I really like. And I don't know, I'll just start with how I feel about um, Peach Pit. I really like how they say the names of people you have no idea who you're talking about. And through the song, you have to like use context clues of like, who is this person? And you kind of g- gather that, like, they're just, like, college kids that are, like, telling you, like, things that are happening in their lives and, like, weird things that are happening and interactions with people. And, like, I don't know. I just thought it was really cool in that way. Just, like, you don't need any further context. You'll learn throughout the song what the hell we're talking about.
1: Yeah. I that And that's my least favorite, like, storytelling, like, technique. I Like, when I know – like, I barely know somebody – And they just start saying the names of people they know. Like, I know who those people are. I fucking hate it. But in music, I think it's really cool because it assumes a familiarity with your audience. And I really, really liked that throughout. Um, So I'm glad you picked that out too, Dil, because, again, it was like, he talks about like Charlie or something at some point and Natalie and just all these people who have we have no frame of reference for, but it assumes familiarity with your audience, which I actually really, really like. And you can just you can use that to like plug that in any names from your own life that might fit, which I think is a super cool way to uh, tell a story in a song. But if you're just talking to me, and I don't know your friends, just say they or them or whoever.
0: I don't know who the people you're talking about are. And yeah, I'm glad you kind of uh, compared it to poetry a little bit, because it did take me a few listens to really get into it. Um, one of my friends suggested the album to me. I listened once, because I always do when people uh, give me Rex. But, uh, I was like, okay, yeah, I like the sound like that was fine, but I didn't plan on giving it another listen, but it was kind of a, like a dead week of new music. So I tried it a couple more times. I'm like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I get what they're about now. So that's been a big difference maker for me.
2: Yeah. So is, is this album like where you started with, with peach pit?
0: It is. Yeah. Um, and my friend who, who suggested it to me was way earlier. Um, uh, with being so normal especially tommy's party that was one of his favorite songs for the longest time so yeah he put me onto that
2: hell yeah I, I think i remember you putting tommy's party on a playlist at one point
0: sure did yeah yeah one of my favorites from
2: them what what playlist was that on
0: i don't know if it was a playlist maybe it was a uh song of the show now mm-hmm. that i think about it i can't remember though yeah i think you're been- right trying to slow drip Peach Pit in, uh, in the off-the-beaten club for a while. So I'm glad we're finally doing a real album.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you, you turned me on to them throughout the show. And then I listened to a full album one night. And I was like, holy shit, I really like this. It's like a good album to put on and just like <clears throat> let them – like if you're just hanging out and not doing anything else. And even like when we went over to your guys' place and we listened to that uh, that record on vinyl – I think it was their their most recent one. I was like, "Damn, mm-hmm. this is such a cool mood setter." Yeah, it's the
0: it's the thin guitar, not really driving drums. You know what I mean? It's just easy listening.
1: Yeah, this is a per- they're a perfect vinyl band, and uh, I think what you just described, Dale, is is perfect. You 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 put on a record, hang out with some friends, and you can talk over it, and you know, hang out with your friends. I think that's what kept me in this album as much as it did. Um, just because I, I figured out like that's what it was like from my first listen. Cause I was doing other things during my first listen. Like I was cleaning my apartment and I really enjoyed having that as my backing track for that. So um, I think it's perfect for like hangouts with friends. So and that's always a great thing.
2: Hell yeah. You guys ready to hop into track one? Let's do it. All right. Yep. Mason, lead us off. All right, guys, track one, feeling low, fuck
0: boy blues um I really like this as an opening track um the theme is really good he kind of is stuck in his own head um he's being, he's being pulled apart between apathy and actually wanting to be loved or at least hook up with this girl um I love the line um all my little all my wretched little recipes are the same add one cup of from you and you'll know me by name I think that's a great line for this song you know he's like look if I wanted to get you, I'd get you, but I don't even know if I want to make that that leap or that uh or really put myself out there. So I thought it was perfect.
1: Uh yeah, man. Um, I didn't dig into the lyrics for this one, but I do it throughout the rest of this album because I knew there was something there as I listened to it um, over and over again. But yeah, no. Starting off like this is like this is '90s alternative sound super hard like everything's super distorted um the 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 drum track like i it's the same like produced drum track which i normally don't love but it works for this band it works for their vibe super well um but yeah it's just excellent energy to kind of start out the album like you said mace and the outro reminded me of harbor a little bit kind of in the guitar tone with it and just kind of like a lot of the stuff they did on their latest album it reminded me of that that sound and i was like Im- immediately like drawn into this album with this first track so yeah great 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 opener
2: yeah opening with like distorted vocals for an opening track is kind of a, a crazy move but you know these guys are young and and feeling encouraged from all their success. And I love the distorted vocals, that acoustic guitar, and then the drums coming in. I just thought that was a really great way to open the album to kind of showcase all the weird and cool things that they're capable of. Um, And I, I like your perception of the song better, Mason. I always kind of took it. I took it as like not wanting what you have, but always wanting what you can't have. Um, Which maybe it's just because I watched that episode of scrubs recently where he's trying to win Elliot back over Cause he can't have her and she's with some someone else and then when he gets her he, he like realizes he doesn't want Elliot anymore, so I always thought um, that's kind of what the song was about but I think your perception is probably a little more accurate and I think a better take on the song. Black licorice, you guys ready for track two? Let's do it. He gets a little higher octave here. He was super low in the first one and then he gets a little bit higher and I like that this is a little bit popular track, kind of showcasing. Um, a little bit different sound but the guitar riff is super fun and you what did you call the sad boy indie music yeah okay this is sad boy indie lyric if i've ever heard one i'm just black licorice and all the people i know would rather leave me in the bowl <laughs> yeah i i swear i've heard kevin say something along those lines before more than likely <laughs> um Feeling like everyone's got it together, but you like I've felt that 100 percent like sometimes you you're just in a a rut and like you feel like everyone's got your got it together, but you and I think there's one point in this song where he talks about Charlie like walking him home because like he's a good friend. He's going to take care of me, but like I just can't seem to get my shit together like the rest of my friends.
0: Yeah, it's absolutely, like, self-doubt for your own friendships in this song uh, to me, right? Like, you start to, or he starts to wonder, I mean, are my friends really only keeping me around because they're either worried about me or they're polite and don't want to drop me because, you know, what the hell's going to happen to me if that happens? Um, So, yeah, a lot of uh, anxiety lines throughout this whole song. But, but yeah, I like the... uh, the kind of groovy backing into such an emo ass song like you said so (laughs) good juxtaposition to me
1: yeah and and like you said dill the that guitar riff in the opening and then throughout the choruses it's it it sits right on the razor's edge of like sonic clarity and it's really really such a cool sound i really love things that kind of almost don't sound good but still sound good you know what i mean and it's 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 just a really cool way to kind of catch your ear um but yeah no they like again mason like you touched on already the music does not does not match the lyrical content at all and it's it it makes the whole track feel like a self-aware joke on himself like he's looking in the mirror and like it reminds me of uh that old vine it's like hi i'm still a piece of garbage like that one (laughs) like that, that that's what this whole song reminds me of um It's very millennial sarcasm, and I I love it because I relate to it, right? Like, Dylan, you said I've probably said something very similar to that, and I'm I'm sure I have a million million times, probably said it today to myself. So, (laughs) Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's something I think anyone around our age can relate to because we've all kind of grown up with self-doubt at some point, and uh, we've gotten through it and can kind of joke about it at this point so and if at least we've not if we've not gotten through it we can at least joke about it right yeah so it's good to have a sense of humor um but yeah track number three figure eight uh is it weird to say we've already got a palate cleanser at track three because it is it's it's quite a bit slower and like a big tonal shift i believe Uh, it it feels almost like the first truly like not tongue-in-cheek track that we've had uh on the album it's it's easy listening, uh, and it's almost kind of night-drivey, like for a, cult, like a crisp autumn night when you're feeling pensive and thinking about, you know, the girl that's doing figure eights in your head and watching her leave, skate away, or whatever he says in the song. Uh, it just feels very much like this took more of a serious tone than the first two tracks, and it was a good place for it, I think.
2: God, I could use a crisp autumn night right about now. <laughs> yeah, me fucking too, dude um yeah i was a little confused when i was reading like their wikipedia their their spotify and a bunch of different places they classified them as surf rock and i was like really surf rock i would not have guessed that but this is the first track that kind of feels surf rocky um just the way they like kind of take their time and it's very sleepy and more of like a beach track and i love kevin's analogy of like a night drive track because this would be a perfect one i was thinking like a night bonfire like at the beach and there's a girl that you're like kind of watching from a distance and it just really does a good job of transporting you to that headspace
0: yeah and i mean how fucking canadian of them to liken uh this woman being out of his league to uh ice skating because I mean, they are from <laughs> yeah. Vancouver, like right. you said, Dill. So I that was really funny. But but no, I thought it was a really good way to show like, yeah, she's whooping my ass on the ice, but that, that's just because she's so much better than me at everything. And um, again, it was just another self-doubt filled track this time, probably more relationship based than black licorice. That was kind of more friendship based. But, but yeah, it was a good back to back, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. All right, you're gonna uh, open up Puppy Grin? Yeah, let's do it. Cool. So, this was kind of uh, the first song, maybe one of the only songs with the driving drums and the instrumental, which I really liked, Um, especially to go from that kind of slow uh, palate cleanser, like uh, Kevin said. Um, At first, you know, you almost think that the song title and like the initial uh, verse and chorus are trying to liken his love for this woman as puppy love, but then you kind of dig deeper into it, and it's like, oh, no, she is just controlling and and kind of toxic, like treating him like a dog, and, uh, and yeah, I kind of like that. Um, it reminded me of, uh, Dil, what you were saying to kick it off, that it takes a few listens to really understand what they're getting at, so yeah, I like this one a lot.
1: See, I almost took it as like, <laughs> he knew he was getting cocked but he got he gained the upper hand at the end of it he's like yeah i'm just your puppy on a leash who, who would have thought you to come back to me or whatever like that yeah um so i think he knows what's happening but he also knows that that's just her being the like naturally kind of bad person she is i don't i don't know it just it feels i don't know it felt like he had the upper hand in this song maybe i'm reading it wrong but that's just kind of what i got from it uh but yeah i think. Getting back to mid tempo was good, and the music track is like almost trippy, where until the chorus is where it, like it calms down and it becomes more beachy. More, it almost kind of reminded me of like a like an updated Beach Boys sound um, in the chorus, and I, I really dug that. But yeah, I just uh, it's good. I just wasn't sure what he was actually saying. I think you're probably more correct, but for me, it was it was more empowering to know like to do it the way I was thinking about it like she's yeah she's for the streets but she always comes back
0: doesn't she like or is it bitch. <laughs> I totally get like I think you're right because I think it's almost like uh it's like she can go out there and do what she wants but still knows that he is there for her like yeah as a fallback almost like like he yeah. knows he's not the best one out there but if she strikes out he's there for her. Yeah. So I get what
2: you mean for sure. Yeah, I I didn't take any notes on the lyrics, so I'm glad you guys dug into them. It it reminded me so much of the band Block Party, even though like the vocal delivery and the way the guitars uh, were. I don't know if you guys ever listen to Block Party, but I just I really like the like mid to early twenty tens like all indie alt pop sound. And I think this is like the most upbeat and uh closer to to sounding like that like the name kind of indicates like a 2010s alt pop band but they started so much later like i i think um who did who did i mix them up with kev for the longest time i mixed peach pit up with someone else uh passion pit passion pit yep (laughs) yeah so in my mind that's what peach pit always was was the 2010s alt pop and this song kind of like kind of validated that feeling of like that's what they were but Yeah, it's a a great song. Um, Brian's movie. You can't tell me this song doesn't sound like an 80s coming of age movie. Like everything that happens, the beer in the hand and like kind of just like walking around town. Um, I haven't mentioned the Smiths yet as much as I thought I was going to. But this band is like the updated version of the Smiths. Like 30, 35 years later, we finally got a band that kind of captures that like cult feeling that the smiths had and their way of like telling songs in kind of an intricate way but nothing's really happening right like i just i think his vocal delivery is very similar where it's like very nonchalant but still like um really cool and i just thought like he has so much suave much like morrissey did um but i don't know what you guys think about that analogy at all but that's i got so much 80s like 80s emo music From this song.
0: Yeah, I mean, did you guys have a friend in high school or maybe even college that you were really, really close with, but then he or she got into a relationship and you didn't get to hang out with them one-on-one quite as much. And like you're kind of jealous, but you shouldn't be jealous because they're happy they're in a relationship. But like you want them all to yourself, right? I thought this that that was what this song was all about. I think we all can relate to that, and you feel silly, but also. You want your friend back. You want to hang out. You want to do all the things you guys used to do. So, yeah, this one really stuck with me.
1: Yeah, I I went through that exact same thing in college. Like, my best friend since, like, third grade, like, I didn't get to hang out with him the same way I did in high school. And I legit told his now wife, who I'm really good friends with, like, I just want my friend back. And i told her that to her face and i felt like an absolute shithole for it but it was i was drunk and that's how i felt and uh i feel bad about it to this day so i know exactly that feeling um yeah i didn't make that connection but yeah no you're absolutely right that is what this is about and uh yeah that's crazy uh yeah there's a lot of lyrics like even like throughout this entire album he says going away a lot or like like sidestepping away like there's always like a movement away from whoever the speaker is in this song and it's 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 pretty it's pretty depressing like it's very isolationist and it kind of weighs on you towards the end of the the album but at this point uh it this guy is more just like he's the guy that gets invited to a party but he always gets invited but nobody really wants him there he's like a toxic scamp kind of it's like we we have to invite him because he's our friend but like he's gonna be a drag and you know it and uh yeah again it's just this playful self-awareness i think i think there's a a huge amount of self-awareness in this album that makes it easy to relate to and yeah again i wish i would have made the same connection you did mason because that that makes so much more sense with this what this what this song is trying to say
2: yeah, I love that so much. Like it, it's not. It's like you're not even jealous. You just like miss. Like we used to spend all our free time together. And now you're spending it with mm-hmm. her, and like it's weird to be jealous because it was just a friendship. But like, what am I supposed to do with all my free time now? Like you know, like I was depending on you, and now you're you're gone, and I'm glad you're happy, but I'm still like weirdly like forlorning a relationship with a friend. You know?
0: Yeah, you don't want a third wheel, but.
2: Yeah, that's really yeah. cool. Uh,
1: you guys ready for track six? Let's do it. I'm assuming that's a yes, sir. Sorry, right. yes. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, number, track six. Camilla, I'm at home. Uh, someone please hug this guy. Like, yeah. it's just, it's so, it's so... It's not, I wouldn't say, like, the weight of depression is, is heavy. It's just... It's like that guy you see from afar that you know is never happy, right? It doesn't feel like the depression doesn't come on you as the listener. You feel like sympathy for the speaker throughout the entire time. And that that's that's interesting because normally like a songwriter will try to get you to feel what they're feeling. I think he just wants to be heard and to be seen, which I think is, is super cool. Um, the, the, But yeah, we're six songs in and the formula hasn't really changed as far as musically goes, but I'm still engaged and I can't put quite place my finger on why and I think later on the album I realized like this music feels very much like the music from Adventure Time and I think it's got like this charming kind of sadness to it that I that I can't help but love like nothing there's nothing here in any of these songs that sonically feels bad it's all just very much on the same plane but it's also like it's catchy and groovy and yeah but again it's a depressed guy that won't leave his room because he's dead to the world and I, I get it. Like I've, I've been there before. I think, I don't know. I, I don't know if you guys have or not, but I just kind of feel the same way. It's like, I'm, I'm here, but I'm not leaving my room. You know what I mean? So I don't yeah. know. So, again, super depressing.
2: Yeah. I think he even talks about like, you might think I'm out doing stuff just the way I'm portraying myself on the internet. But like, that's, that's not what's going on. I haven't left my room in, in days and it is like, a great millennial Gen -er track. Like you can pretend to be happy online, but really you're just like sinking deeper and deeper and you don't know how to tell anyone. And I think this is probably the first time he was honest with anyone about that. Like, dude, I'm really struggling. I can't even leave my room. And he's probably like, it's all, I, here's the lyric. And it always folds in blue when I'm leaning into chocolate, which I assume is weed. Uh, but a vision of it holds me very still. I don't even think it's real. Um, So it's just like psyching yourself out and like leaning on drugs or alcohol to like kind of lean into that further. And it just kind of perpetuates the cycle of depression even more, Um, which is really sad. But I think it is very relatable for a lot of people. Um, I was going to say something about the drummer throughout, but I think this is the first song he really shines. Like, I think the drummer really impressed me with like his pattern in this song And it's got a cool little beat for the song. Instead of like being a drum machine, it kind of has like a like an off kilter beat that that sticks with the rest of the song, especially in the intro.
0: And like from the tidbits you get in the song, it feels like the breakup uh, with her is like more or less amicable. Like it wasn't like this toxic, you know, like fuck this bitch type of thing. Because I mean, he even says he talks about how. She wants him to get back out there and like live his life and do everything, and and that's why he's trying to portray that, but obviously, it's not in reality. So,
2: yeah, uh, it's yeah. it's really cool. Is it my turn, or is it Mason? Okay, it's Mason's yeah. turn. Okay. Perfect. Uh,
0: Second Life with Emily is track seven. Um, I was unaware that Second Life was a video game. Did you guys know that?
1: No. Uh, yes. Yeah. I did. I didn't know that this was that this what this was about though.
0: Yeah, I had to I had to look it up. So it's like a like a life sim type of game, yeah. right? Viv? Okay. Yeah. So, so so yeah, it feels like like based on that, you know, he is playing with this other uh this other person, this other woman on the game and he starts catching feelings for her, but he has no idea if she is feeling the same way. And I feel like it'd be really easy to get caught up in that, right? If it's a life sim and you're doing relationshipy type things within the game it's probably easy to relate your own life to your avatar your character and print that onto this other person so it's kind of a unique song in that way right you don't usually hear about catch and feels via a video game but i love it
1: uh yeah no i didn't make that connection so i just assumed like the second life was like reigniting an old flame like i started a headcanon here in the middle of the album so this was his, like, rebound from Camilla from the last song. Um, so he was reigniting this old flame, and she, he's doing it, even though he knows it's a waste of time. And he says, but I want to waste it anyway. Or I forget what the actual lyric is. Um, You've come out, out here right to here.
2: waste my time, as I'm saying, go ahead and waste it. Yeah, exactly. It's like he,
1: he knows, like, it's not going anywhere, but he needs someone or something to feel after where he was with in the last song. And uh, yeah, no, I think instrumentally, this, this brought me right back into, We I think we desperately needed a bit of an up-tempo shift here. And I, there's this instrumental feel after the chorus. Uh, I know you guys talked about the instrumental feel in the next track, but I really like this one here. And really, again, none of the instrumentals really stand out throughout most of this album, but I think the guitar in this track is really super cool throughout throughout the entire thing, you, in the bed and through the chorus and all that. And Yeah, it's just, uh, again, it it brought me right back in. And as soon as I was, like, starting to really, really feel bad for myself and this guy, like, something a little bit more upbeat like this and something that's, like, again, not as serious in tone. It's like, yeah, go ahead and waste it. Waste my time. I need it. I need my time wasted. So, uh, yeah, I think I love the falling in love with somebody in Second Life, though, because that's really kind of what Second Life was, like, it was like a life sim yeah but it was more of like kind of creepy dating sim with like it was a way to just meet people online and like form these like weird relationships outside of like actual reality so i love love i hope that's what it's about and hopefully you looked it up and that's really what it is about mason
2: that's sick. yeah
0: sure did it was i think it was like an instagram live with neil and he was talking about that that's what it was so that's awesome
2: oh that's so sick yeah, this is this is a great uh change up from the last track. We were super down and it kind of brings us back up. Like, you know, it has a great chorus and it reminds me a lot of like Old Harbor um instrumentally, like the kind of twingy guitars, um a little more indie indie pop and yeah, I just think it was a good switch up after what we've been what we've been talking about and just to have like a little sliver of hope. Like it doesn't matter if you're wasting my time. I have I've been in my room lamenting myself and all my life. So anything that gives me a little glimmer of hope, even if it's a waste of time, quote unquote, cuz it's not going to last forever, doesn't matter because it's gotten me out of my head for at least for a little bit. Um live at the swamp Holding you is bettering me. Holy shit. Tattoo that on my forehead, y'all. That's a fucking great line. Um, yeah, if you listen to the intro already, you know uh, the instrumental break from 210 to 244 fucking rocks. And it really makes this song special to me. Um, it's one of those little jam sessions that they do to make you feel like, fuck, I would love to see them live. Uh, and Mason can kind of tell us a little bit more about that because he's seen them live recently. Um, but it just like was like, oh, these dudes aren't just making indie pop tracks for you to listen to, like lo-fi. They can really jam out live.
0: Yeah, we'll speak on that just real quick because this song was my favorite instrumentally on this album uh, for that very reason. Um, but yeah, at the show, they laced every single song with over-the-top uh, guitar solos that were not on the actual recorded track. So if you already kind of dig the vibe, you guys should definitely go and check them out because they sound even better than that than the recording um yeah i mean this song not my favorite as far as lyrics go it's just a lot of drug euphemisms that i had to look up or really dissect to figure out what they were even talking about but yeah that line um holding you is better than me is perfect for the chorus i'm with you
1: yeah i it's it's three for three on that line because that's the one that really kind of stuck with me and got me into this song and Again, to kind of continue the kind of story I thought he was building here. Um, So he stopped wasting his time and he's found like this is this shining star of a woman that kind of has all the same fucked up flaws that he does. And when you find that, especially after coming out of like a bad relationship where you find somebody that's like just as fucked up as you are and they seem interested, like that can be a magical like ride that you can take. And I think this was a bit more upbeat uh to me anyway that's the kind of way i read it um but yeah mutually fucked up is always a strong pairing with two people and now is it burning the candles at both ends you know probably um but it uh i think i don't know just being live at the swamp i think is a perfect way to kind of capture that feeling because you know you know you're in the muck but it's you're at you know it, it feels fun and exciting and uh yeah, love it. Love it so much. D- does Kona
2: um, does Kona have any thoughts?
1: Yeah, she's got a lot of thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, so um just to please Kona, I uh, will move on to uh track number 9 here, shampoo bottles. And the imagery in this song is Oof. incredible. Oof. Man oh man that's the, all that
0: i wrote was... about too is the imagery yeah. and everything I so I'll, let's get I'll into let, it because it's so much it's my favorite song actually it's so. it's
1: mine it's mine as well so yeah yeah please I think, it off, sorry I, I won't talk about most of it but the like the empty shampoo bottles next to the little crumb of soap like oh man i was like all right all right you got me buddy like i've been thinking about starting to write again anyway so like hearing imagery that's this strong and i could picture it like just so vividly in my head like oh man it was so fucking good and to continue the narrative, again, I think this is the last of the narrative for me. Uh, he moved in with this this girl from the last track in my head. Um, uh, but she's a rolling stone. You can't tame a wild stallion. And I think he's feeling the burnout from that. And that's why he can't get rid of this stuff, because he still feels like that burning passion that he had for this like wild stallion of a woman. Um, so he's sitting there using her deodorant, even though it's like shit he doesn't like, and Uh but yeah, who hasn't fallen victim to like that beautiful bright shining star, even though you knew you could never capture it? You know what I mean? It's just I don't know. To me, this is the fallout from that. And I think that's more fun to write about than like the throes of passion that you could be in with this woman. It's like, fuck, man, she really fucked my life up, but man, I can't get can't let her
2: go. I think, dude. fuck me. This, this song was me like the first half of 2023 in a, in a nutshell. Like, I think it kind of comes back to Camilla. Like after that breakup, he's stuck in his room, but still like, yeah, he's probably just too lazy to throw this shit away. And like, it's just subtle reminders that someone else used to live here and having a hard time throwing that shit away. And maybe it's laziness because he's like, I ran out of my speed stick deodorant. So now I'm using yours. And like, just it's so funny the way he he words it it made me laugh out loud the first time i like read the lyrics along um but like the the more the longer that stuff sticks around the more annoying it is and it's just so funny the way he like he thinks he recognizes her her red toyota corolla and really it's just you know it's not her car because it's not beat up and he looked inside and it looks a little too clean to be her car like just little digs (laughs) that are so gold and so funny like the cell phone charger, the organic deodorant. It's just so fucking funny, man. Like even just little things like that, that like re aggravate you about a past relationship are so funny.
0: And it's so easy to find comfort in these like inanimate objects. Right. It's like, Oh, this was her deodorant. or This was her phone charger. Mm -hmm. It's like, I mean, it's so easy to throw that away. Everyone has toiletries. Everyone has a phone charger, but it's her phone charger. So it's easy to hold on to that way. Um, but but yeah, my favorite line is the red Corolla, like you said, Dil. The um, if it was yours, it'd be some hippie bullshit hanging off their rearview mirror. Like no matter what I'm doing, I have to say that out loud because that makes me laugh every time. Um, but yeah, like I said, this is my favorite song. It probably makes me a basic bitch because it was the last song they played uh, at the concert we went to, so you know everyone lost their mind over it. But ah, uh, so good.
1: Uh, it's a great song no reason to be ashamed I think my favorite I think the one that got me outside of the crumb of soap was the way he describes the hanger still or the the charger still hanging from the wall like yeah. not just plugged in the shit's just fucking hanging there I'm like oh yeah nope I get it there's some weight attached to that
2: and he's talking he's talking so much shit about how like disrepair her car is in but the way he describes his place like dude have you cleaned that place at all since she moved out yeah, I don't There's think he has. deodorant. Like, come on, <laughs> oh man, yeah, the toothbrush
1: is still in the holder by the sink. Like, yeah, dude, it's so it's funny. and shit.
2: I love it so yeah. much.
0: All right, let's go on to track ten, Thursday. Um, first off, I love the reference with radio silence because that was on the hook of uh, shampoo bottles. Um, I also liked it. Took a couple of listens again, but. Um, you realize at the end, I think the very last verse, it flips from Neil's perspective to her perspective. And the first two-thirds of the song or whatever is Neil being like, is sizing up this new guy that this woman's with, you know, and he's like, well, maybe I could do as good or I could be right for her. And then it flips and the perspective from her is like, this dude does not have it. Like, he is never getting back with me again. I am way happier without him. Like, he needs to not, not pursue, not try again. So, yeah, I liked the way he flipped halfway through this.
1: Uh, yeah, so this is I get lost for the last two tracks or the next <laughs> the next in the, the next two tracks. Like, the it, I completely lost me here. Um, and I think it was it was bound to happen with me just because again, this isn't normally the type of stuff I listen to, I like it, but it's just again. At some point, like hearing this type of music over a full album is going to it's going to not even it doesn't bore me. Um, but I think I'm just like subdued by it. You know what I mean? Where I just kind of like st- start to trail off and think about other things. And uh, which is OK, because like we said earlier, we established this is a great album for like hanging out with friends and letting it kind of be that exact thing. But um, yeah, so I don't I don't have a whole lot to say about it. Um, like I said, I've been focusing on lyrical content to kind of stay bu- th- this off because I knew it was going to happen eventually. Um, but it finally caught up to me in track 10, and I was just like, I can't. I can't. <laughs> Every time I listened to it, I was like, this is the exact moment where I started to like,
2: lose interest. This is a weird song for that to happen because I feel like the yeah. buildup into that first chorus was chorus in The chorus. Like,
1: like even the chorus, like it's clanging and crashing, and it's super interesting. But it's like... I just was like man i'm 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 out i'm out at this point it was just was so weird it was this song every single time i listened to it
2: i love the like slow build up and the drums are coming in so hard and then the guitar like it just like everything drops out and it is cool that you say that that's the the perspective change like the first perspective in the chorus is his like he's like everything builds up and he's got all these emotions. And then like kind of the way he does the entire album, like when he's thinking he's slow and slow, right? Like, and that's how the chorus goes. And then when it builds up the second time, it like keeps that momentum. And it's kind of like the curls perspective where she's a little more outward and more passionate and like, fuck that guy and fuck all that. And, you know, fucking up a Thursday, which is a great line in a chorus, but I just, I thought it was a really fun song. I thought it was a brilliant and fun track.
1: I here's the thing too. I think this would have been a brilliant closer, but the fact that I always knew there was two more songs after this really got me like I was like, hmm, I don't know. And again, coming off of shampoo bottles, it's like that's hard that's a hard act to, to follow up. And I think like I, I said that multiple times. It's like the way this the way this feels, the way this sounds, this would be a great closer. Uh but I think the closer we do have is even better. So um Yeah, no, again, I don't dislike the track, it's just like I think knowing that this track is coming off the best track on the album, it just it's it's a letdown spot for me classically. So
0: I uh I did really like the line from her perspective, fix on all the things that made you fun that have now grown old. Mm. Because yeah, you get that like you like fall in love with someone's quirks or their um oddities I guess but then if you're already kind of falling out of love you start to get annoyed by all of those and I feel like we've all had that in prior relationships
1: yeah that happens to me all the time dude it's like I'll start talking to somebody on tinder or something like that it's like oh they seem cool and then very quickly that become annoyed by the yeah. things that I thought were cool and fun and it's like no not for me on to the
0: next yeah, yeah. you get at that like honeymoon phase almost it's, yeah,
1: it's,
2: time. it's like when Kevin and I started podcasting three years ago and it was all sunshines and rainbows. And then one argument about plates really is an un- <laughs> unraveled our friendship. <laughs> like, we used I'm to sure. we used to have fun arguing. You know, you remember that? <laughs> it's not so fun anymore.
1: Yeah, I get it, man.
0: Yeah, you guys used to close every podcast going, no, you hang up. No. no, you hang up. And now it's like Kevin's firing that end call button, dude. He is yeah. not talking for three days afterwards.
2: He, does, he doesn't even say bye anymore. He just yeah. goes, all right, see ya. That's all, Hold on. I'll never stop saying bye. <laughs> uh, okay, ready for track 11, Your Teeth? Nope. Um, this is the first misstep for me on this album. Uh, I think we can all agree this song can go um he doesn't Mm -hmm. say it an atrocious amount of times I was kind of hoping he would say your teeth enough for me to count he said it 13 times but still that's a lot for a song that's two minutes and 40 seconds long um and I think just the repetition of your teeth really loses me um but other than that it's it's a fine track I just I personally I would get rid of it
1: yep I feel very much the same I'm not gonna spend too much time on it it's uh I was after I listened to the song or this album a couple of times, I was like, OK, I just want to get to track 12 because I like that so much more. So, yeah, I got I got. this is a skip skip all day for me.
0: Yep. Yeah, totally agree with both of you. I also wrote it down as a skip. Um, it's just like there's nothing there and like the music's yep. not that notable. It's just like, why did we do this? <laughs> why did we fill this two and a half, three minutes on the album with this
2: song? You know, like Kevin says, put it on an EP and throw it in the trash. That's right. <laughs> yeah. it's On the deluxe edition, six months <laughs> yeah. later or I, whatever.
1: I I almost feel like if I'm thinking about this from an album construction standpoint, it wouldn't feel thematically as good to go from Thursday straight into You and Your Friends. I think there needed to almost be a letdown spot. Does that? I don't know if that makes sense, but I feel like it would. The, the energy would have been a little bit different for the end of the album. I mean, it's it's fine to just end on this complete like upward trajectory but i feel like getting you ready for it kind of makes you and your friends stand apart which i think is really cool so um again i think i'm thinking way too hard about album construction here i think they probably just liked it and they wanted 12 songs um but yeah no that's yeah again put it on ep throw it in the trash so uh yeah speaking of you and your friends this was a close second for probably my favorite song on the album because again it's it's got like guitar riffs again it's been so long since we've heard a riff like a like a really like memorable riff um and this really saved the slide on the back half of the album for me um it settles back into the same kind of stuff we've heard but there's a vocal dynamism here that I think really pulls this and sets this apart from everything we've heard for the last i don't know six seven tracks and if i if if i dozed off in the last like two three tracks and i woke up to this song playing i'd be super fucking happy i'd be like oh fuck yeah this album kicks ass like there's no there's nothing wrong with this album (laughs) and uh yeah man like it's again there's the guitar kind of like clinking around in the verses. It's nothing special, but, again, you get that, and it keeps you interested, and, like, you get the main riff that comes back every now and again. And we get a fucking solo at the end of the song, which is fucking kick-ass. It's a great solo. Um, It's a great track to end on with some, like, more rock-inspired elements, and it almost went, like, when that main riff kicks in, it reminds me of uh, Muse Light, almost. Like, it's got kind of that same, like, electro-pop, like, electric... Rock pop, I guess is what you would call muse. I don't know. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, and it's, it's really cool to hear what they can do when they let the band cook. Like, I, I fucking love this song. Great way to end it. Uh, to a, to a really good album. A great way to end a really good album.
2: I agree. I agree. It's, it's high momentum. We get the title track. You worked all album for it. Um, and I love the sarcasm and like, It's almost like when you, as a bit, you like buy into someone that's being like kind of ridiculous and you're like, everyone's a villain, baby, save for you and your friends. Like, yeah, you're everyone else is crazy. You're not crazy. Everyone else is crazy. You know, it's just like buying into someone's like mania or like even being sarcastic and kind of repeating it back to them to let them know how ridiculous they're being. Such an amazing songwriting technique and like you, you just feel like you know this guy the way he talks in songs like you just know he's like sarcastic and kind of like um he only speaks up when he really has something to say and when he does it's usually reflective and like you're like oh shit like he is telling me how ridiculous i'm being and i need to listen um but i love the way it rocks out at the end it's a it's a perfect way to end the album
0: yeah you guys both crush that um it very much like is indicative of those toxic people that think that they're the only good ones out there right or they're the smartest people in the room or whatever else and it's like
2: yeah yeah exactly um but yeah save for kevin with, carter for me, that's yeah. right no one yeah, knows how kevin to construct an album save for kevin carter <laughs>
1: <laughs> look dude i have no no qualms about admitting my main character Durant, Syndrome, dude. <laughs>
0: sidebar will bring up harbor for a third time in this episode but that really did ruin my day when they were like oh yeah we just kind of threw the songs together on the album because i'm (laughs) like kevin like i care so much about how the album (laughs) the track list is is crafted so uh, you you aren't alone kevin i promise but Uh, thank you you are the main character anyway
1: yeah thank you i appreciate that um, I know Dylan feels the same way about album construction because we oh, talked yeah. about it. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, It's yeah. it comes from burning CDs, man. That's really all it is.
2: We've we've traced well, that also, back, and our, on our little vacation, we traced that back together on why it matters so much.
0: And, and I mean, Dylan is a uh, pot or a uh,
2: playlist fiend. Yes,
0: too. So I get that.
2: I have over four hundred uh... playlists on Spotify now. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> over a 400. It's that's a lot. Four hundred. It's insane good on you i wish i could blame the podcast but it is so much more than that but anyway yeah mine i can blame on the podcast
1: i think i had like 10 or 11 different uh playlists before we started and i still have them but yeah most of mine are like podcast playlists which i still listen to all the time
2: yep anybody else got anything else they want to add for the album
1: you want to get into closing thoughts
2: Yeah.
0: Let's do it.
1: Uh yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll go first. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh Oh,
0: no. (laughs) Oh no.
2: You can go first.
1: Okay. Um that's fine because I probably am the least glowing of the three of us on this album. Because again, like I mentioned earlier, it's it's just it's not something it's a it's a type of music that I like to listen to in a playlist. Um on a full album to me it gets kind of wearisome. I just want more and like by the time I got to like listening to songs of the show for this I was like "Fuck yes dude this is exactly this is the salve that I needed um again it's it's great music I don't dislike it it's just over a full album it's just not typically my jam I think individually I would love every single one of these tracks save um your teeth but yeah again great album Uh, I I definitely get the appeal I love the kind of sarcastic self-awareness throughout and it's again lyrically it's great because typically i don't focus on lyrics you guys know that but i almost felt like i had to for this album because there is a lot of meat on those bones so yeah great pick i'm glad to finally talk about peach pit in in uh in full here
0: yeah when uh, when you guys asked me to come on i was wondering if this was going to be kind of a splash of cold water for uh for my adoration of peach pit but uh but you guys both hyped me up just as much. So it was really fun to be on here and talk about them. Um, yeah, they were awesome live because they are really good instrumentalists. Please go check them out if you can. Um, they opened up our tour with uh, with Raining Blood by Slayer. They just set all the lights to red and just rock the fuck out. That was an awesome okay. way to uh, start it out. And then they get into, into little indie boy songs like this. So great <laughs> little uh, great show.
2: Yeah. I, I'm just very glad it's, it's the beauty of the show that if someone shows me music, I have a really hard time like focusing and listening to a full album. So the first time you sent me, I forget which album you were like, Hey, just listen to this and like, chill out. Um, and I did. And I was like, this was fucking awesome. So when we were coming back, I really wanted to kind of commemorate that and get having you on after I got to see you is perfect. And, It just is fun to listen to music that you know your friend is really hyped on and getting to see the hype right like I I don't I think I wouldn't have listened to this on my own otherwise, you know, like so that's it's just nice to have a friend really push music and really enjoy it when he does. And I think this album is fun for a multitude of reasons, but it is like a cool take on just like a slice of life of what he was going through that one calendar year. It just kind of seems like a bunch of stuff that happened to him in a year that he kind of chronic or chronic chronically went through chronologically went through chronologically went through. There you go.
1: There you go.
2: It's really working through it. Um, but yeah, it, it was fun to really enjoy this album, especially it being three years old. You don't know. I've listened to, to all the other stuff so this album was kind of unknown to me as well so you guys ready to get into songs of the show sure am all right kevin you were chronologically first i can remember that (laughs) word now uh yours is sing sorrow by corn
1: yes it is and this was on my release radar from last week and i again i had a banger of a release radar last week and i still kept coming back to this song and i think it's the chorus that really sells it for me. It's 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 appropriately like creepy and like hard like i expect corn to be and like i swore off corn a long time ago because their last their two albums before this just weren't very good. They were kind of like thin musically, but this feels meaty again and like i want to kind of listen to the rest of this album now because this is great. Um Jonathan Davis's clean vocals in the chorus too are just perfect. So yeah, I got to give this album a listen.
2: It's good to have old corn back. It definitely felt like old corn again. I think the album's called Untitled, which mm-hmm. is cool. Um, yeah, I was really pumped on this song, especially. Been listening to a lot of new metal and shit lately on our on our time off, so it was fun.
1: Mason, did you listen to did you it? Talk about mine. Oh no, no. a <laughs> no, <no, no> chance. <laughs> <Yeah>. No. <laughs> Respectfully, no. (laughs) Good for you. Good for you. It's it's good to have somebody else that doesn't listen to songs of the show on the the
0: podcast. I honestly (laughs) forgot. I spent all this time going through you and your friends last night, and then yeah, and then yeah, like eleven. I was like, oh shoot, I forgot. Yeah, but.
2: And it's all Spotify links on on Discord, so I get it. Yeah, that's
0: true. It is honestly a real pain. But... <laughs> well, my my buddy Chaz right. sends
2: me music through app. He always sends me a link on Apple Music, so I have to go and list, like type it in on Spotify. It's not that much of a pain in the ass, but it is kind of a pain in the ass.
1: It's just yeah. enough of a pain in the ass to where I won't ever do it. it slows me down just a little a bit.
2: Little bit. <laughs> yeah. Six songs sometimes too. Yeah. Like that's a yeah. lot. That's a lot of taps. We do have six songs today. Wow. <laughs> Uh, my song on the show is "Let It Happen" by the band Camino. Uh, they put out a new album, and when I was in Tampa, the first morning I woke up, I was a little hungover, and I was like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a hot girl walk to the little convenience store that's like a mile away." And it was ninety fucking degrees outside in Tampa at nine nine thirty in the morning, and it was so hot, I was sweating like grease monkeys, and it was. So unbearably hot, but I got to listen to this album, and this is the song that stuck out. I was like, this song fucking rocks. It's like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, but I'm just letting it happen. And it's a a great song for that.
1: Uh, Yeah, so when I saw this song title, I just immediately thought it was the Tame Impala song. Like, just completely, I was like, oh, Mason's on. Obviously, there's going to be some Tame Impala on here. Um, But no, it's not. It's not even close. Um, it's almost like this is a very modern Dill track. Like this is new age Dill. It's very much like in the Bill Murray vein. And I think, especially the chorus, like is definitely like a Bill Murray type chorus, where it just shoots up into like this just super clean sounding like rock pop sound. And I fucking, I I loved it. So,
2: uh, my buddy Chaz, when I sent him the album, he listened to it and he said, "This sounds like Jonas Brothers with Bill Murray lyrics." And I was like, ah. It's not wrong, but it still stings a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: gotta hate that. Mason, what's uh, your Mason. song of the show? Mine is "Emotional" by the Front Bottoms. Um, I've come to realize in the last couple of months that my favorite subgenre is just these uh, skinny little white dudes who like can't quite sing super well, that are just like wailing over these thin guitars. Like Saturdays mm-hmm. at Your Place is another band that does that really well too that's been my, that's been my go-to. It's just really emotional.
2: Wailing. <laughs> I think I yeah. love that. Like he's getting so, he's like going to bear his soul. So he like puts a little distort or what's it? Um, auto tune, auto tune. He's like, I'm going to get real real for here for a second. So I'm going to do it with a goofy voice. That's the only way I can do it. You know?
1: Absolutely. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. And even the auto tune plays like I, I like the front bottoms. Um, one of the girls that works for me, she's obsessed with the front bottoms, and we listened to nothing but the front bottoms when I rode along with her in her truck the other day. And she's like, you better fucking like the front bottoms, because that's all we're listening to. I was like, all right. <laughs>
2: guess I do. I'm going, but yeah, no, they're super cool. I'm going to see them in Indy at the end of September. Damn. Nice. That's a, that'll be cool. Yeah, they just put uh, out yeah, this new kinda, album, and I—I I think Mason was playing it when he dropped me off at the airport, and I was like, "Fuck yeah, yeah. dude, love it!" <laughs> yeah, I think I put it in
0: the uh, Discord too, like yeah. the day it came out. Hell yeah!
1: So Louis' track, uh, "Around the World" by Suffer Us. This is Louis', uh friend uh, Evan, I believe his name is, uh, his band, and it's a '90s—it's a classic '90s techno track done in the heaviest, darkest metal possible and uh yeah just great job evan it's uh it's absolutely brutal but it's it's super fun at the same time
2: you almost don't recognize the song until it gets to the chorus which is a yeah. a staple of a good metal cover
1: yeah
2: yeah it's it's
1: great um but yeah it's it's fun when metal has fun with itself so yeah
2: and it's only available on well, YouTube, which is even cooler.
1: Yeah, after we talk about how we, do, we don't bother clicking away from yeah. Spotify links. Not inconvenient at all. Yeah.
0: Your phone pulls up a different <laughs> app.
1: Yeah, because I was listening to Spotify on my phone through my TV, and I got to this one where I had to listen to it, and I clicked it. and I was like, oh, fuck, it's not going to play through my TV. So now i got to pause my TV and listen to it through my phone. Yep. It's just
2: so, so inconvenient. <laughs> the minorest inconvenience can unravel your whole day it just ruined my mood dude uh ben says paper cut by zed featuring troy Mm-hmm. uh he
1: says because it's my favorite Zed song even if it's the one dylan is least likely to like a uh, beautiful song with a beautiful message and i disagree i feel like ben knows his audience sometimes and i think you guys are more likely to connect with like lyrical EDM than anything else because it, it feels more like an actual song, right? So, um, but yeah, it's, I think lyrical EDM is the best gateway for any aspiring EDM fans out there.
2: Yeah. And guess what, Ben, every time you tell me you're, I'm not going to like a song and you don't have me in mind, I end up liking the song more. <laughs> I love this song. I thought it was a, a fun song. Mm-hmm. Loving
0: music out of spite is just perfect. <laughs> you tell me I'm not going to like it. I'll
2: fucking love it. I fucking love this song. <laughs> uh, did you? You didn't listen to that one either. No, I will though. Okay, that's okay. Don't feel. Hey, <laughs> don't. Okay, yeah, don't feel, feel bad. Pressure. Forgot until like thirty or forty-five minutes
0: before we started recording. We're like I mean, hundred and
2: fifty episodes in, and Kevin has listened to probably ten songs of the show that weren't his. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, if it was on so the funny. group Google Doc, I definitely would have
1: remembered. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. It's uh, again, don't worry about it, dude. I say that. Oh, yeah. I'll definitely listen to it right after the show ends. And then I just don't.
0: So yeah. uh, it's up right now. I promise. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah so um, I'll let you talk about Rita's pick, Mason. You know what it is? No. Okay. Well, Rita's pick is Gatekeeper by Johnny Booth. Do you want to talk about how? Uh, who rita is and how she got involved sure, in the show, yeah right?
0: absolutely so we were tailgating the all american rejects concert uh with dill and uh, emily and i's best friends down here sean and rita joined us along with a couple of their friends who were in town um we were just hanging out and uh i forget how we got on the topic i think emily brought it up after the fact that uh dill and also Kev have this podcast and rita was like oh i'm looking for something new so she went and pulled it up and saw all the metal influence stuff and was like, oh, yeah, I'm all in on this. So she's been tearing through episodes. She will randomly text me throughout the workday and be like, hey, I have these thoughts on this episode that you're on, for example. (laughs) And we'll just like just go back and liken it. So it's been fun. She uh, said that she's never even messed with Discord before, but she likes the podcast enough that she uh, she made an account and joined. So yeah, new fan.
1: I think we were all pretty new to Discord when we formed it, so like at least I was. I had, I had been in it once before, like years ago, and I was in it currently for something else, but uh, I had no idea how to use it. So, welcome Rita. It's always good to have another member of the family in the Discord.
2: Yeah, and I think um, before we talk about our song, it's just so fun that every it feels like every summer when Kevin and I take time off there's oh, we always garner like this new love for our show. I've had so many people message us on our time off like, "Hey, I've been listening and it's been you guys killed it with this." Like uh my buddy Jeremy who's on the Vinyl Countdown podcast, he t- he messaged me on Instagram was like, "You guys had me belly laughing at the artists we hate um while you guys are on your little vacation." I was like, "Yes, thank you. It was so much fun to make." And so just getting new people listening just reignites our flame for the show. So we Really love having Rita in the Discord and this song fucking rips, dude. It, yeah, it does. It makes the corn song sound like kindergarten shit, honestly. Like <laughs> yeah. it goes so hard. And it's like my brand of hardcore um metal. So I fucking love it. And the name's very funny. Johnny Booth. It's like a little more personal. I don't know if that's what they were going for, like a little more personal, like, oh, I know the guy that killed that killed abraham lincoln his name's johnny he, they called him john wilkes booth his name was johnny booth you know
1: yeah yeah man i it's uh, it gave me very early slipknot vibe so it mm-hmm. makes sense that you love this um yeah it's nice to have another metal head around to, to make mason feel bad for not listening to any
0: of our songs <laughs> if we want to take it one step further you know like she listens to all this metal and everything and her husband sean is taylor swift's number one fan damn oh, yeah so yeah the uh the, the comparison there is always hilarious i'm so oh god i'm so fucking sick of taylor swift dude
1: <laughs> i'm so sick of it dude i don't understand how like people think she's this transcendent artist like i've seen videos of her live show and i'm like she she's not that good she's not that good oh, it drives me fucking wild but hey Good for you, Sean. I hope you enjoy being a Swiftie.
2: And you know what? Sean looks exactly like the lead singer, Yellow Card. I can't let the episode end. We just talked about <laughs> Yellow Card last week. He looks dead on the lead singer, Yellow Card, um, William Ryan Key. And it's, it was almost flooring. You're like, it's my buddy Sean. I'm like, I'd do like a triple take. I'm like, you tell me this boy ain't writing songs about Yellow Card? Um, it was like the first thing out of your mouth, I think, when you met him, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Uh, Okay. If you want to check out our social media, we got merch at offthebeatandclef.com. Instagram is at offthebeatandclef. Twitter is at offclef. Uh, Join our Discord. We got a link in the the show notes. And if you want to send us an email, offthebeatandclef at gmail.com. Yeah. Mason, thank you so much, my friend, for coming on.
0: Yes, sir. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having me on, guys. I love you both. Love Love you too, bud.
2: Uh, In terms of next week, uh we will let you know join the discord and you will know when we figure it out
0: that's right all right
2: we'll see you guys next week
0: bye